Well, I know you all want to make us feel at home, and we love that. Um, in our country, if you gave a person a photograph, um, they would just pour over it, and they'd look at every little aspect of it, and they would spend time, and they'd ask you questions, and, and uh, that's what I want you to do over here <laughs> at these displays. Just look at all the pictures and ask lots of questions, and you'll make us feel at home. We'd really like that. <laughs> Well, we're David and Sylvia Potter. We've been your missionaries for 30 years now, whether you knew it or not. And you've had a part in all that's gone on because your church gives to WEF, to World uh, Evangelism Fund. And that makes it possible. That's like the backbone of Nazarene missions around the world in 164 countries. Um, I think there's like 200 or 210 nations in the world and the Nazarene churches in 164 of them. Well, um, we were in Papua New Guinea 11 years. We were leading the College of Nursing and um, training nurses. And then we made a huge shift, a whole uh, an incredible transition for us to Vanuatu. And uh, when I say Vanuatu, people say, what? Never heard of it. And I've come to understand why, because in an atlas, you know, Australia's on this side and Fiji's on that side. Well, we're in the crack right there. Uh, it's 1,500 miles east of Queensland, Australia, and just out there in the South Pacific. And uh, 14 main islands and 83 islands altogether. You know, when missionaries return home, they usually share some of their success stories, some of the great things that happened. But a lot, a lot of days are very routine, even mundane. Maybe days like your days. Uh, but then there's these incredible ups and downs, <laughs> like you've experienced in the last couple of years. Incredible, difficult times and really good times, highlights. So that's what I want to talk about today, the down times and the good times. And so I'm going to start off with the downs, the, the difficult times that I remember from our 30 years in, in missionary service. It was just six months after we had arrived in Papua New Guinea, and I heard all this racket going on outside, and I looked out the window, and around us at that end of the station was a whole wall of fire. It was 15 feet high all the way around. And uh, it was a village that was being burned down, just on the other side of the chain link fence. What was going on was there was two tribes. They were fighting each other, the Sugangs and the Kumas. And one tribe had come and burned down an entire village of the other tribe. And those people were grabbing their stuff and trying to, trying to get out of there and screaming and taking their homemade rifles with them. And uh, I just instinctively started praying, um, Lord, protect us and, and protect those people and stop the violence and help us, God. And then I had this incredible thought. Where are our boys? <laughs> we had three boys. They were four, six, and nine at the time. And 
I, I quickly realized that Jeffrey and Wesley, our youngest ones, they were with us. But Joel, I didn't know where he was. And we were on Kujip Station. Kujip Station is like a half mile across in both directions. And I quickly realized we're much too close to the, to the violence and the action here. So uh, we quickly got in the car and started heading for the other side of the station where it might be a little bit safer. And as we were traveling, I saw this helicopter come down and land in one of the fields. And I thought to myself, that's our evacuation helicopter. And sure enough, it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> we found out later, you know, when you're in a crisis, you know, your mind makes up all kinds of things. But that wasn't true at all. Uh, they were just bringing ammunition to the police so they could settle this uh, tribal fight. Uh, one of the doctors had opened his home on the other side of the station, Dr. Vohr, and, and we came into his living room and Joel was there. Praise the Lord, he was safe. And there were also 30 villagers that were hiding out in his home too. And one thing that you probably don't know about PNG is that you're generally safe if you don't choose sides. But when you hide villagers, that would be choosing sides. And so he was really putting his family at risk. He was doing the right thing, though. And praise God, the next day the police were able to physically evacuate all those people. And we praise God for protecting Joel's life and our lives and, and uh, those villagers. We just praise him in that very, very difficult situation. Just uh, a few days ago, the Lord reminded me of a verse. Jesus said, in these, um, I've spoken these things to you so that in me, you might have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. You'll have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I know that in your lives, in these last two crazy years, uh, a lot of, there's been a lot of ups and downs in your lives as well. But God is so faithful. He's not a fair-weather friend. He doesn't run away when there's difficult things. And he said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Praise the Lord. I remember a really difficult time, another one, in PNG when um, there were some men in a village nearby that were upset that we hadn't taken their young people and accepted them into the nursing program there. And so that evening during study hall, while the students were quietly studying, some men with axes came and they started smashing doors and windows and, and the students screamed and ran in every direction. And uh, that evening, I got a little note that simply said, and you're not bulletproof. Oh. <laughs> we started praying, Lord, help us. Help us to know what to do in this difficult situation. We started crying out to God and talking to our leaders. And they said, you should probably leave the area for a while temporarily leave. And so we did. We took a flight to Doosan. And I like to say that if you've ever heard of the uttermost, that's Doosan. There's no road to it. It's off in the bush, as they say. Off in the jungle. 
three-day walk to get there. And um, you can fly there. That's what we did. We were totally exhausted. And we came into the missionary house that's there, and we collapsed on the bed because we were, we were spent emotionally, physically. We just needed rest. And we, as soon as we laid down and started sleeping, there was a knocking on the door, and we got up. And they said, you got to come quick. Come. They knew we were nurses. They said, you, you, there's a little boy that's been axed in the side, and he needs your help. So we went down and looked at this little boy, and uh, there was no fresh blood on the bandage. They had him wrapped around the midsection here. And then the story came out. They said he went out to go to the bathroom during the night, and when he came back, his father thought the house was being attacked by evil spirits, and he threw his axe, and he hit his boy in the side. And it broke his ribs, but uh, we checked his blood pressure. His blood pressure was good. His eyes were bright. Those are all good signs. Gave him some oral rehydration solution like Gatorade. Um, and then we had to tell him, after we prayed for him, to go on another three hours, take that stretcher, another, carry him another three hours to Sangapi, the nearest medical clinic. And then we returned back to the house, and we slept, and we slept, and we slept. And we found out later that he did fine. They were able to take care of him in Sangapi, and the boy did fine. Praise the Lord. But I tell you those difficult times, those hard times, because I know you've experienced some difficult, hard times. You've experienced some ups and some downs. But God is faithful during those times. Never will he leave us. Never will he forsake us. And he, you know, he's known as a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with grief. He understands when nobody else can truly understand what's going on in your life. And he's in the business of rescuing lives, of healing, of renewing and restoring. He's all about reconciliation. And uh, Sylvia said one day, she said, I don't know about those stories. I don't know if you should share those because people can't relate to axes being thrown. So I thought about that a little bit. I said, well, I think all of us can relate to angry words being thrown at us and how damaging that can be to a relationship. Or maybe you've experienced loss, physical loss of a loved one during these last two years. And the, the grief that comes from that, that only Jesus can truly understand when nobody else understands what's going on in your life. The Apostle Paul tells us that Jesus invites us to be part of the ministry of reconciliation. He's actually given us this ministry of reconciliation, helping people to be reconciled to God and then with each other. What a wonderful thing. We all are on mission. We're on mission. He has given us this ministry of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. Paul said, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose. 
And so he always cares about our integrity. He cares about our character, about us drawing close to him. That's what he cares about. And when I think about difficult times, I think of Joseph. Man, you know the story. Did he ever have problems? He, his brothers were jealous and angry at him. They wanted to kill him. They threw him down a well. He faced strong sexual temptations. He was accused at Potiphar's house uh, unjustly. Ended up in prison. And then when his father died, his brother said, uh-oh. Now he's going to really get us. Joseph didn't deny what happened, but he said, you, you tried to harm me. <laughs> you tried to harm me, but God intended it for good. And he, has, he is accomplishing uh, what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And so then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and for your children. And he reassured them and he spoke kindly to them. He was part of that ministry of reconciliation that God gives to us if we join him on mission. He invites us joyfully to participate in the restoration process. And Joseph is a good example of that. There's a, a missionary book that I read once. It was by Paul Oriola. He was an early Nazarene missionary to Haiti. He was one of my heroes. And it was called, God's Mission is My Mission. When we align our lives with him, we turn ourselves over totally to him, then he directs us and we become part of his mission. We're on mission. We align our lives with him. And when we give God our little everything, like the little boy did that gave him his sack lunch, he gives us his big everything. And his best gift is his Holy Spirit. The very Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, comes into our hearts and lives and helps us to live in a Christ-like way the way that Christ would. And he empowers us to serve him. He's the one that gives the power. So we praise him today. We thank him. I'd like to ask my wife to come and share the other half about the highlights and the wondrous things that God has done. Well, thank you. Um, if I don't get anything else communicated this morning to you, I want you to understand how much we appreciate how you have supported us over these 30 years. And I know that you probably think, I didn't even know you. How can I have supported you? You're part of this church, and uh, we could not have done it without you. We also want you to know that apart from God, apart from our relationship with Christ, we can accomplish nothing, and all the glory goes to God. So every celebration, every high thing, every good thing that I'll get to talk with you about this morning, we want you to give praise to God. 
Uh, one of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Acts. I read it over and over and over, and I don't get tired of it. And there's a part in there where Paul and Barnabas have been sent out by the church, and I can relate to that. They were prayed over and sent out, and they went on this mission in Asia Minor, which is Turkey now, and they uh, shared the gospel uh, all over in these towns. And one part I can't relate to very well is all of the abuse that they took along the way. They were imprisoned, they were flogged, and um, just abused, persecuted. And after they had gone around in Asia Minor, they came back to the church that sent them out, and they gave a report. And I just, it doesn't say much about what they reported on, but I have a feeling they didn't have to talk much about the lows because it was very visible in their bodies. And I think that they gave lots of glory to God for the good things that he had done. And I like the fact that we can come back and give you a report of the good things that God has done. Psalm 126 verse 3 says, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. And that's the truth. We are filled with joy as we talk about these things, knowing that we're not lifting up ourselves. We're lifting up our Father. Um, we were nurses in Papua New Guinea, and David was the principal at one point of the school near, its, near the last few years of our time there. And um, the government decided that all the colleges of nursing around the country needed to uh, change from being a certificate level program to diploma level. That's a lot to talk about and it's very academic and not very interesting, but it's a lot of hard work. And um, part of the process was to invite Nazarene universities in the, in the states to send over the director of nursing to Papua New Guinea to guide us in all of this because we were nurses, not academics. We didn't know all that it took to change a program in that way. Well, we didn't get just one response. We got four Nazarene universities that said, yes, we'll send our director of nursing. And so we got a lot of important people with uh, a lot of understanding about that to come and work with David. And David felt a little intimidated by that, um, which is a lot of life in the, as a missionary, you just feel intimidated, like, this is too big for me, God, help me out. And God did help us out. And it came through the, the partnership with those Nazarene universities, guiding us to have a quality program as we went through. The Lord provided avenues for our nursing instructors to get their, um, their schooling uh, lifted. It was, they were just diploma graduates, and they uh, went away to become bachelor degrees and then masters in nursing, and um, God provided for all of that. And we were in the process with them uh, when the Lord called us to go to Vanuatu. But I want to just tell you something that I feel is one of the best things about that change. Um, David had been training and equipping Mr. White Kintock, a nurse instructor there, to be the principal in his place. And um, White had a vision. He had a vision for the School of Nursing there that they they were the best program in the country uh, to teach people how to care for others physically, but he really wanted to make this a, a, an even bigger um, education for these students. 
And so he included um, curriculum that would train them in the Bible and in who God was, theology, so that when they graduated from the School of Nursing and went out to all those little places around Papua New Guinea um, to, to help people physically, they would also be people that could care for the souls of people. They could share Christ and lead people into a journey with Jesus. And so he um, basically wanted them to be church planting nurses, and that's the way they are today. They're graduated as church planting nurses. Well, in that process, we were asked to go to Vanuatu. There was no Nazarene church there when we went, and we thought that we were kind of the, why would they ask us to go? We had not pastored a church before or planted a church before, but they sent us, and we were willing to go, felt like God was calling us, and we felt like we were kind of what Mr. White had in mind, church planting nurses, and uh, we are thankful for what God has done in Vanuatu, but especially what he did in Papua New Guinea in our leaving that the School of Nursing was, uh, was strong and excelling in the mission and on the mission. Um, we got planted in Vanuatu in a community of New Vanuatu. Um, so right away, our neighbors started coming around us and uh, lots of children. We started church on our veranda uh, with little children teaching them the stories from the Bible, and they pretty soon brought their parents along. And so we started teaching uh, Bible studies, and then we had young people join us, and the women wanted a special time for themselves. And we began to pray that the Lord would uh, send workers uh, to help us in that mission field, in that harvest field. We could tell that people were hungry for the Word of God, but there was just the two of us. And I want you to know that the prayer that we prayed for God, to, He's the Lord of the harvest, to send forth laborers. He's never stopped answering that prayer. He never has stopped. And um, one of the people that He sent our way was probably one of the least likely people that um, came that his was his answer. Her name was Taku Tasso, uh, a young girl that came to our church when she was about 15 or 16 years old. She had left her family on a different island to come to Villa to work as a house girl for her, for her auntie. And uh, she was very shy, but she came close and was obvious she liked uh, Sunday school and I asked her to help me teach and found out that she could hardly read. And so we began to journey with Taku, um, guiding her in knowing the Lord and in being a servant of the Word as well. And today, um, Pastor Taku Tasso is um, a district licensed minister and pastoring the church that we started in our front yard in 2017. Um, she's pastoring that church and on the way to completing the course of study um, so that she can be um, an ordained elder, Reverend Takutaso. And I think about how sometimes we think very little of our, our own abilities, of what we have to offer to God, and yet when we do offer ourselves to God, wow, what He can do. 
And um, we are thankful for Taku, Pastor Taku, and all of the people that God sent us um, that may not have seemed like um, the obvious answers to our, our prayer for workers, but they, were, they came and they gave themselves and their pastoring churches, teaching Sunday school, leading the church forward in Vanuatu. When we were, after we had been in the country for three years, we were notified that there was a couple uh, from Papua New Guinea, Papua New Guineans, who were hearing the call to be missionaries. And they were thinking about coming to Vanuatu. And we were so relieved because it was time for us to go home on home assignment. And we needed someone to be there to look after the church, churches that had started. Peter and Jenny Isaac, both of them ordained, uh, came to Vanuatu with their three little boys. And uh, we are so thankful for their partnership in uh, leading the church in Vanuatu. Peter had pastored since the time he was just a young boy, uh, had felt the call to pastor, and so he was asked to oversee the work of the church development um, and be the district superintendent. And David was asked to start a Bible college and begin training leaders uh, in, the, in the nation there. Well, we didn't just have assigned workers or people that rose, uh, rose up from the harvest that came, but we had volunteers that came, and some of the volunteers came from right here at Lantana um, to come and serve as work and witness team to build a house. Uh, we had four, uh, four teams, work and witness, that came, and uh, they came from America. They came from Australia. We had two teams that came from Papua New Guinea, and they were the first international work and witness teams that they had ever sent out. And we were thankful for that partnership, too. Um, we had youth and mission teams that came, and out of their service, uh, churches were started on other islands. We had... Um, couples that came with various skills, and they just wanted to work alongside of us for a few weeks, a few months, and we're thankful for all of those that God sent our way. Today, after serving more than 18 years in Vanuatu, there's 12 churches of the Nazarene on four different islands in Vanuatu. The most recent church was planted as a result of a Category 5 hurricane that blew across the central islands and destroyed the gardens and the homes um, of many of the people there, especially on the island of Espiritu Santo, Holy Spirit Island. Um, and our borders were closed. It was uh, COVID had closed our borders, and so we weren't going to get the usual disaster relief uh, that our Nivanuatu were accustomed to receiving. So. Our Nazarenes in Vanuatu decided that they would, um, they would do what they had seen uh, done for them. They would be compassionate. And um, so they gathered some of their personal belongings, household goods, dishes and cups and clothing and food, 
and they went on mission <laughs> to Espiritu Santo, and especially to the village of Pepsi, like Pepsi-Cola, and um, served the people there and showed the love of Jesus. And the people were struck by it and said, we want you to come again. We want, we want your church to be in our village. And so today there's uh, an organized church. We have Pastor Gideon Sam who goes there and teaches the course of study so that we're raising up pastors and leaders among that village. Finally, we want to give thanks to God for the Bible college that, was, um, that has become established in Vanuatu. It started very humbly as just teaching one course at a time, sometimes in our living room, sometimes in rented facilities, or in our uh, very dimly lit little churches. Um, today we have a beautiful classroom with digital projector and screens and computers where our students can gather um, to learn, and we're thankful, thankful for what God has done in, a, in providing a Bible college so that we can be uh, training people. We've had seven graduates, and as they graduate, we teach them how to teach so they can become faculty in the program. I think you all know that missionaries don't go to another country to stay forever. We go there to work our way out of a job, to train up others to do what we've been doing. And sometimes our jobs are hard to pass along. David had been walking beside uh, Reverend Miriam Naunga, one of our graduates, hoping that she would be able to uh, take over as principal of the school of uh, the Bible College there. But she was not quite ready uh, to take it on. So um, God provided in another way our missionary partner, Jenny Isaac, had completed, finally, the Bachelor's of Education that she had pursued for eight years right there in Port Villa. And she was ready to, uh, kind of with shaking knees, to take on the work of a principal of the Bible College. And she is uh, continuing that training of Miriam to uh, serve in that way. We praise God for how he's um, provided these extraordinary things that have taken place, and they're kind of academic, kind of uh, sound just kind of statistical, but each, each thing involves a lot of personal relationships, one-on-one -on -one with people, watching them receive Christ and journey with Jesus and become uh, who he intends us to be, more and more like him. And we're thankful that we've had this privilege of um, being in that place for so long, and we thank you for supporting us. Thank you, Sylvia. Well, the Lord is faithful. He's faithful to us. He really is. And how should we respond? How should we be on mission? Well, one thing is we don't just choose it for ourselves. We don't just say, God, here's my skills. I got all these great things I can give you. But we make ourselves available to him. And it's actually his Holy Spirit inside of us that empowers us for service. He makes it possible. And there's so many different avenues. Like you see all these different displays. There's so many different ways to be on mission. And one of them is praying. 
uh, pick up one of these cards and pray for us. We'll be speaking in churches for over almost a year until November. And uh, we need your prayer support. And then our partners too, Peter and Jenny Isaac. Um, they're also going home on home assignment to Papua New Guinea. And they too will be speaking in churches. But they're still assigned to Vanuatu. So pray for them, especially Jenny as she takes on the Bible college as the principal. And uh, this is another avenue. It has a tiny little airplane on there. And these cards are on our table back there. This is a global mission project, a special project um, that provides funding for evangelism between the islands. That's one of the biggest costs is the cost between, like, Pastor Gideon going to Santo to teach courses, to raise up leaders there, and to establish that church. That can be funded by this little card. It has the details on there. So, so, so many different ways. But the thing is to get acquainted with your, with your shepherd's voice and just ask him, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? And especially today, there is faith promise, which is a regular way of giving, an intentional regular way of giving to World Evangelism Fund, which is the backbone of mission in the Nazarene Church. And some people have a hard time understanding that, but faith, another word for faith is trust. Trust in who? Trust in God. <laughs> and then promise. Uh, Ask him, what would you have me do? And when he lays it on your heart, a certain amount, maybe it's more than you think you can do, but he lays a certain amount on your heart, then you can make a commitment to him, a promise to him, and trust him to provide for that promise. That's what a faith promise is. So that's another avenue, an intentional and regular sort of giving to world evangelism. There's some people that come up to us and say, we're thankful for your service. We couldn't do that, but we're so glad you did. And, but what we'd really like them to do is say what's on a cup that Sylvia bought me. It says, let the adventure begin. God's mission on God's mission. So be on mission. Praise the Lord. Well, we wanted you to see firsthand uh, what's going on in Vanuatu. So we want to show you a short five-minute video so you can see the churches and see your brothers and sisters there in Vanuatu. Here we are now, a crowd assembled, peace like incense. Fills the air, men and women, the sounds of children, young and old have come to share in the safety of this place. We have gathered by His grace. This is our church, a family of on this holy ground we're all the same and we are the joy of god on this place 
disarming as his presence ushers in waves of mercy fill the building as his spirit stirs with faith in the this is our church, a family of faith, on this holy ground, we're all the same, and we are the joy of God on display, whenever we meet in Jesus' Jesus' name. 